Our scripture for this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Immediately, he made the disciples get into a boat and go on ahead to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat battered by the waves was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking down towards them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. They cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed a strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. The word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for being able to bring you glory, honor, and praise this morning, and for being able to recognize that you are our Savior, that you are our Lord. We come before you in our need, Lord, this morning, asking that you'll speak to us through this word as it is proclaimed. Oh, Lord, give me your thoughts to be my own as I share it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is a familiar scripture. I mean, I'm sure you've heard it before once or twice or 30 or 40 times, depending on how many services you've been at. If you look this up in, in just about every Bible that has little titles on the subsections, it is always entitled, Jesus Walks on Water. That's always the heading on the section. Today, I want us to focus a little bit on what happens before and what happens after Jesus walks on water. Because I think that there is so much here that we miss because we're so eager to get out of the boat with Peter and walk on water. We're so eager to get to that part where Jesus does this incredible thing and comes to the disciples on the waters. So let's go back a little bit and see what happens before. Jesus had just fed the 5,000. He had spent all day with the multitudes healing the sick, preaching and teaching, Evening had come. They had fed this multitude with an abundance of fish and bread that had been multiplied miraculously as Jesus blessed the meal. And now it was time to call it quits for the day. And Jesus told his disciples, get in the boat and go ahead of me to the other side. Now, if you look up the translation of this and you look up the original Greek, you find that Jesus did not suggest that they get in the boat and go to the other side. 
The verb actually says to force or compel. So he told them, go, get in the boat and go ahead of me to the other side. Which means Jesus didn't give them a choice. He compelled them. He ordered them to leave, to leave him behind and to go on in the boat. I am sure that it wasn't the first time or the last time that Jesus' orders did not make a whole lot of sense to them. I mean, they must have had a million questions. If we go ahead of you to the other side, how will you get there? I mean, there's no Uber or Lyft at this time. There's no, like, route that he can take to get there and meet them. It would have been a long journey to walk around the sea to get to the other side. And you're sure you want us to leave you with this crazy crowd that just made you feed them, that has been hounding you all day for attention, that has not left your side. And Jesus said, yes, get in the boat. Go to the other side. I think we can relate to the disciples at this point. How many times do we feel like Jesus is asking us to do something and we don't really understand the why or the how or the details of how everything's going to work out? Think about the examples that we have just from Scripture when Jesus says things like, hey, turn the other cheek if somebody hits you. And if somebody takes your coat, give them your other one. And you know, by the way, it, your enemies, go ahead and bless them and don't curse them. I mean, none of that goes according to our human logic, does it? That's not what we're used to. That's not the kind of things that we would think to do. So we have to admit that kingdom principles don't always follow human logic. That Jesus' instructions don't always make human sense to us. We think it should be one way, and Jesus says, no, let's do it another way. I really think that Jesus was peopled out at this point. He'd been around people all day long. He had had to put up with his disciples all day long. And he needed some me time. Anybody ever need some me time? Yeah, you know, for people with kids, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like me time is the time when you kick everybody out and you basically say, I need some time for myself. I don't want anybody to come bother me for the next five minutes, for the next 10 minutes. It's that time when you just need to be by yourself. And I think Jesus got to the point where he needed some me time, but not just to be alone, but to be able to be with the Father. He sends away the disciples, and he also dismisses the crowd. He told that crowd that he had just fed, that he had been teaching all day, folks, it's time for you to go home. Go on. It's time for you to go back home. Can you imagine Jesus dismissing the crowd? But we don't want to go. But I'm sorry, but I need, I need you to go home. <laughs> it's time for you to go home. I need some me time with the Father. The scripture says that when he had dismissed his disciples to cross the sea, and when he had dismissed the crowd, he went up to the mountain to pray. You know, if you haven't had any me time with God on the mountain, it's time to take a page out of Jesus' book. 
Because if Jesus, who was the Son of God, needed some me time with God the Father, how much more do you think we need it? How much more do you think we need to take some time to just be alone with God? Not distracted by anything or anyone, but to be able to just have some time alone with God. If I asked you to do that, to find some me time with God the Father, what would you have to shut out or turn off in order to do that? I can tell you a whole long list of mine. <laughs> I'd have to turn the TV off. I'd have to, you know, go somewhere where the dogs couldn't find me and my son couldn't find me. My wife couldn't find me. Nobody could find me. It'd be hard to do. But Jesus needed that time, and he got it. He got that me time. And I can only imagine the discussion between God the Father and God the Son as he's up in the mountain and he's, he's sharing about what has transpired during that day. I can imagine just Jesus sharing with the Father all the need that he saw in the face of everybody in that crowd, how there's so many people that are needing miracles and needing healing and needing provision and needing to be led into the kingdom of God and how his heart just broke when he saw so many in need coming. And Jesus just spent all night doing that. He just stayed with the Father in that mountain. And come morning, the scripture tells us that the sea and the waves had battered that ship that was carrying the disciples far from the land, that the wind was against it. And a better translation would be that the boat was being tormented by the winds. Anytime we are away from Jesus, we will be tormented. The enemy will come to try to put as much distance between us and Jesus. He will do everything he can to threaten our lives, our peace, our joy, our walk with Jesus by trying to put more and more distance between us and Jesus. Have you ever felt tormented by the winds of life? Have you felt like Jesus wasn't on the boat and it was getting pretty rocky? Have you ever felt like instead of knowing that you were smooth sailing and going in a particular direction, you were more like being thrown here and there by the storm? It was more like, ah, oh, here I go again, this way, and now I'm going that way, and I don't really know where I'm going to end up. You see, you got to remember, some of the disciples were used to the sea. Some of them were fishermen. They were used to being on a boat. But this storm that was coming against them was, was something else. Every time they wanted to try to go back and maybe go check on Jesus and go pick him up, the winds and the sea kept pushing them further away and further away. And they couldn't make it back even if they wanted to. I think this is where one of the keys of this passage is to be found. Because that storm was pretty bad. But no matter how bad the storm is in your life, you're never beyond the reach of Jesus. You're never too far that he can't come to you in your hour of need, whatever that need might be. At that moment, as that boat is just being battered by the winds and the disciples are on it, the scripture says that Jesus just comes casually strolling over the waves 
towards the boat. And, you know, you have to use a little bit of your imagination here because the reaction of the disciples is priceless. They thought they were seeing a ghost. They were freaking out and losing their minds. The scripture says they were crying out in fear. Can you imagine this big burly guys? Ah! Because Jesus is walking on the water, coming towards them, and they think he's a ghost. You know, Jesus is nicer than I would have been. I would have been like, boo! Just to see their reaction. Because he could tell that they were freaked out. They were scared. They were afraid. And immediately Jesus speaks to them. Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. When you know it is Jesus, you don't have to be afraid anymore. Because you know that he is your salvation when Jesus spoke these words, I'm sure that it brought some relief to them. They calmed down a little bit <laughs> from that high anxiety that they were having. And then you get Peter's response to the whole affair, which reminds me of a five-year-old kind of daring his friend to do some prank. If it's really you, command me to come to you over the waters. I think it was just way too early in the morning and Peter had not had his coffee. He didn't really think this through. Jesus said, come on, come. And again, I just don't think he was fully awake because the scripture says he just completely, in my mind, lost his mind because he just walked right off the ship, starts walking to Jesus in the water. I mean, I just want you to imagine the other disciples going, okay, are you seeing this? Because Peter's walking on water, just like Jesus. It must have been a sight. Peter didn't stop to ask himself, can I do this? Jesus didn't ask him, do you have enough faith, Peter, to walk on water? Are you sure you're ready for this challenge, Peter? You know, you've had your moments of, of doubt. Are you sure you can do this? No, Jesus just said, come. And Peter just got out of the boat. He didn't miss a beat. He just said, okay, fine, here I go. He, he obeys the command of Jesus, gets out of the boat, starts walking on the water. When Jesus calls you to do something impossible, you can do it. But it requires you to do it by faith. You know when we can't do it? When we overthink it. When we start trying to put our human logic to it. If Peter had stopped to consider the physics of this whole endeavor, he would have never stepped out of the boat. Because he knew water's not supposed to be able to hold him. He knew stepping into the water would mean that he was going under. But because he acted out of faith and impulse without thinking about it, it happened. He began to walk. He began to take steps in faith towards Jesus. He stepped out of his comfort zone. Sometimes I think we just need to learn to do that. When Jesus calls and says, come, we just need to learn to go. Stop questioning it. 
Just go. Just step out in faith. But we know what happened. He started walking on the water, and all of a sudden, he began to notice his circumstances. He noticed a strong wind and probably noticed how fierce the waves were and how powerful the storm was, and he began to sink. Now, this is really an important point in the Scripture because sometimes we think that Peter just plop went down in the water. And I think it was more like this. Peter was like, oh, what's going on? I am sinking. Oh. And he immediately cried out to Jesus, save me. I'm sinking. It was a moment in which he realized that everything around him was in turmoil. He lost sight of Jesus and he began to realize what he was doing was impossible and he began to question it. And the scripture says that he began to sink into the water and he had to cry out for Jesus to save him. See, he began to focus on his circumstances instead of on Jesus. And we need to learn to focus on Jesus and not what's going on around us. When we focus on the strong winds and the torments of life, when we focus on the problems and the situations that we face, we lose sight of who is with us and who is for us. We forget that Jesus is right there. Do you realize that Jesus was at arm's length from Peter? Because all he had to do was reach out and grab him. He didn't have to run to him. He didn't have to like sprint before Peter got under. Peter was right there in front of him. And yet Peter was afraid of drowning. You ever felt like you're going under and things are overtaking you and it's becoming overwhelming? I think that's how Peter felt as he sank lower and lower in the water. Now it's interesting that Peter cries out, Lord, save me. He doesn't turn to the disciples and go, hey guys, throw me a rope. Hey guys, throw me a life jacket. Hey, throw me something so I can float. No, he realized at that moment that his salvation was not behind them, but before him. That Jesus was the only one who could reach him as he was sinking. That at that point, there was only one who could restore him. When you notice how strong the winds are and the storm is, I want you to remember that your Lord is stronger, that your Lord is able. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, caught him, and said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? It was almost like Jesus was saying, you were doing it. You were doing it. It reminds me of when a baby takes their first steps and they're just kind of hobbling around and then plop, they fall on the ground and you're like, you almost had it. You almost made it. You were so close. It was like Jesus was saying, you had the right idea. You were doing it the right way when you were focusing on me and not on the circumstances. You were doing it right when you stepped out of the boat in faith. 
and you trusted that if I call you, you can make it to me. While your eyes were on me, you were standing firm and not sinking. Jesus was simply pointing out that when we face whatever we're going to face in life, whatever storm, whatever struggle, whatever, whatever comes our way, we need to learn to keep our eyes on him and not on the storm and not on the problem. Jesus didn't just grab Peter and reach out to him. The scripture tells us that he brought him back safely onto the boat. You know, he brought him back onto the boat, back to the other disciples. How many times have we doubted and begun to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus has been so gracious that he hasn't just saved us, but he's brought us back safely to the fold. When they got back onto the boat, the other disciples were, I'm sure, in shock. They were just like, what just happened? Did you see that? What just happened? Did you see what just happened? And the scripture says that they began to worship Jesus, and they said, truly you are the Son of God. When he got on the boat, the wind stopped. The storm quit. It just quit. It was over. Jesus got on the boat and it all quieted down. It was almost like the disciples said, okay, we've seen enough evidence. You are the son of God. There's no doubt about it. You just walked on water. You just calmed the seas. What more can you do? They, they had no idea this was just the tip of the iceberg that Jesus would do so much more when he went to the cross. But the disciples learned something that day on that boat. Sometimes you have to be in the storm to understand that you need the Savior. Sometimes you have to go through it and there's no calming of the storm at the moment. But you have to remember that you're not alone in it, that Jesus is with you. And if you trust him, you can even walk over the raging seas and you can make it safely to your destination. So the next time you feel like you're going through a storm in your life, I want you to remember these things that the disciples learned because I think they still apply to us today. Peter stepped out of that boat because he felt it was safer to go to Jesus than to stay on the boat. I really believe that. And think about how crazy that is from a human point of view. We would think, there's a storm, I better stay in this boat. It's nice and safe. Peter felt that it was safer to walk on water towards Jesus than to stay on the boat. Jesus will not always calm that storm, but he will always help you make it through it. And you're never out of reach from the saving power of Jesus and God's grace. And that is some of the best news that we will ever hear. Because it doesn't matter how far we've gone, how far we've gotten from him, he can still reach us. And I really believe that when Jesus finds us, he brings us back into the fold and he encourages us to keep our eyes on him from there on. Jesus is not going to let you drown. And he's not going to give up on you. Peter many times doubted. 
And yet Jesus kept working with him over and over and over again to encourage him to become the leader and the disciple that he wanted him to be. When you're sinking, I hope you'll remember to cry out to the Lord. And I hope that you'll let him save you as he did Peter. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for, for this scripture. I thank you because it really teaches us so many things about what it means to be in the storm and to know that you are our saving grace. We ask, O oh Lord, on this day that you will help us to keep our focus on you, to not look to the left or to the right, but to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the consumer of our faith. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will help us to know that we can always cry out to you for salvation and you will always be there for us. Help us on this day, O oh Lord, to continue to walk by faith and not by sight. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The altar is going to be open for prayer as we continue to worship. If today you're feeling like the storm is really raging on, and you just need to come to Jesus. The altar is open. We'll be glad to pray for you. If you want to pray by yourself, there is a reserved section in the right side between the green banners where you can just come up and pray on your own. If you come anywhere else on the altar, we will be praying with you.